Welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, Josh, along with... Owner of the worst team, Theo. (laughs) In this episode, we're going to talk player news and notes, kind of talking about what it means to rebuild and when you should, and some week four matchup previews. You want to start us off with the player news, Theo? Of course. This week, not as bad as last week. Uh, Michael Pittman has a compartment syndrome, I guess basically a blood clot, and is out for several weeks. Chris Godwin pulled his hamstring again and is expected to miss a couple of weeks. I think he spent more time on my IR this week or this year than in my lineup so far. Uh, Dallas Goddard has a fractured ankle and will miss at least three weeks. Tyreek Cohen has a torn ACL. Uh, Hakeem Butler was signed by the Eagles and they converted him to tight end. And four players on the Titans have tested positive for COVID. And the Titans-Steelers game is likely being postponed to Monday or Tuesday, fingers crossed. And we'll talk about the fantasy implications of that at the end of the episode. Any of this news scream anything to you fantasy-wise? No, not really. I I think it'll be interesting to see what Hakeem Butler does. And injuries are injuries. Hope hope you guys had depth this year of all years. I think the Tariq Cohen one um, helps, obviously, David Montgomery. Yeah, it should. I'm... I guess, oh, you know what we didn't mention, I guess it's not really news to anyone, is Nick Foles is now the starting quarterback of the Bears. <laughs> I feel like that helps David Montgomery more than anything else. It actually helps the whole team as a whole. Allen Robinson, uh, Anthony Miller, and Jimmy our, Graham. And our league, considering that the defending champion just traded for Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> so nice trade, Theo. Yeah, I when I spoke to Tim about it earlier, obviously he was pissed. Um, and I told him I traded him at the right time, week before he gets uh, benched. And That's what he gets for trading for Mitch Trubisky at all. <laughs> Live and learn. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and jump right into – well, actually, I need to take a moment and congratulate Patrick Disgusting. on beating Josh. I owe him an apology for ranking his team so low. Uh, clearly he has an elite squad. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, he may be the number two ranked team. Fluke. <laughs> Fluke. Congrats on the victory, Patty. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into rebuilding. What does it mean? When should you rebuild and how do you rebuild? So rebuilding basically means in, in case you haven't heard this term before, um, tearing down your team and preparing for the future. It means that likely you won't be a competitive team uh, for one or more seasons, depending on how deep you go. Um, And that's on purpose. Obviously, everyone knows that in in our leagues, you get a higher draft pick, the lower your, your total potential score is. So in rebuilding, you're kind of sacrificing success now for success later. Um, When I... Started the rebuild process almost immediately through year Mm -hmm. one when I realized that my team I thought was phenomenal after we did the startup (laughs) draft, only to realize it was terrible. Um, So I think halfway or I I don't even remember if I did it before the season began or midway, but um, probably right around when you traded a first round pick for Anthony Miller. Yeah, that's when I realized I screwed up. Um, So when when should you rebuild? I I think when you take when you truly take an unbiased step back and look at your team. 
and realize, am I in the top three or four? Does it look like I'm truly going to compete? If you don't ever want to be stuck in the middle, you either want to be at the top or obviously at the bottom. That way you're getting a high draft pick to help your team compete for the future. If you're stuck in the middle, you're in no man's land. You're never going to compete. You're never going to have a high draft pick. Middle Um, of the road gets mediocre players and no championship. Right. Um, And I think that what people don't realize is if you should rebuild, you need to sell players, obviously that are old. You don't want, and, and I may get some flack for this one, but Players like DeAndre Hopkins, yes, he's elite. He's 28 years old. But if I had him on my team when I was rebuilding, I would have sold him and tried to get the farm for him. Yes, I would love to keep him, but those are the players you need to trade because they're going to be the ones to get you the assets, multiple first-round picks or pick and several young players, things Mm -hmm. of that nature. Um, Quarterbacks are a different story, obviously. Because they they last a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking of Alex's squad in this. We know he's rebuilding right now. and he has Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to trade Patrick Mahomes unless you're going to get, you know, the farm, the bank, the whole enchilada, everything for him. Right. Um, yes, he's going to have some weeks where he helps you win, a.k.a. this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but quarterbacks, I think, are a different outlier because they typically play 10 to 15 years in the league. Running right. backs, everyone says, three to five-year window. Mm-hmm. There's some outliers there, Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson. But the, the way that I tend to look at it, one, and I'm in just one rebuilding league right now, is I kind of look to see how long is it going to take me to get to be competitive. Because it's unrealistic to think that you're going to sell and tear the team down, and then the next year after you draft rookies, you're going to be competing. Again, you're dealing with that right now. You have a great squad. but Yeah, and I thought that my team would somehow be mm -hmm. able to compete, but I'm four points away from being the lowest. (laughs) And it's because rookies take time to develop, and you know, not everyone turns into Julio Jones their first year. But So the way I look at it is – If I do a full rebuild, if I'm tearing the team down, I'm thinking it's going to take two to three years before I'm competitive. When you when you say two to three years, when I was rebuilding, mm -hmm. I thought in my head three years is when I would. I thought my team would be ready to compete even Mm -hmm. before I drafted in 2020. I had like six first rounders. I three years was when I thought, Mm -hmm. okay, I'll be able to try and compete. And so when I am looking at that window, I look at the age of the players I have, and if I have an elite 27 year old receiver. I'm probably going to sell him because like you said, like his value is going to be the highest right now. Oh yeah. It's like, if you had Julio Jones, like I have him right now, he's 31. Um, he's, he's still performing well, but if I started a rebuild tomorrow, looking ahead, thinking he's going to be 33, 34 by the time I compete again, I got to get rid of him. I have to sell him because he's not going to be worth nearly that level in that, at that time frame, And he's going to make it harder for me to get a good pick in the meantime because he's right. going to be scoring points on my team. I think a lot of analysts out there make some really good observations. And one of the things that they – there's actually two things I want to point out to, to several teams is if you're rebuilding and you have young running backs, whether they're in their first, second, or third year, if you don't think that you're going to be competing in three years, you should use that young asset and try and get more assets because running backs are truly – I don't want to say plug and play because you do have the outliers that mm-hmm. are elite. Um, but nobody expected James Robinson to come out and be a top right. five running back. And I, I got him for $20 fab. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's not going to happen every year, but I think people will look at their teams and be like, Oh, I have this young stud. Um, now if you just drafted them, that's a different story, but I'm talking about if they're in their year two, year three, um, what's mm-hmm. an example? Uh, Austin Eckler, undrafted yeah. free agent. I mean, he's Chris still Carson, very young. Seventh round pick. Still very Aaron young. Jones, still very young. Pick. But 
if I'm a rebuilding squad, I'm looking to move those players. Yeah, I would love to have them on my squad, but you you don't want them because they're going to score points for you. It might get you out of the 1-1. Mm-hmm. And if you're tanking properly, you want the 1-1. You don't want these players that are going to score points for you. Um, yeah. So I would be looking to move those types of players just mm-hmm. to pick up a couple extra assets, um, again, to help your squad have depth. Yes, you're going to be at the bottom for a while, but, I mean, that's what you want because you want – the higher uh, draft capital, so that right. way you can quickly rise to the top. You're losing now to win later. Yeah, and wow. I think people get stuck on big name players and think, oh well, if I if I'm tanking or rebuilding, I'll be able to draft one between one one and one three next year, and then I'll be able to compete. It doesn't work that way. That right. that player, which this year would have been for some people probably Ceh Jonathan Taylor. Um, cd lamb those types of players that they would have looked at drafting to say oh i need a receiver this is my missing piece well cd lamb ceh they're not going to come in and immediately propel your team to the top right uh and i agree with kind of what he's saying when i'm in a rebuild what i like to do is especially because the draft order is is determined by potential points you know it doesn't matter how many points you actually score uh it's the number that you could score so I, I like to wipe out one of the positions, and it's usually running back. Yeah, so, me too. So I'll have almost no running backs, and the ones that I have will be scoring almost nothing. You know, I'm setting a valid lineup. They're active players, but they're not scoring points. And then I'll load up at those other positions, and it kind of – and, you know, with younger players who aren't going to score as much right now but can develop to those elite players in the future. Right. And it gives you an edge, you know, to, to get a better draft pick. Uh, I- one – Go ahead. I was just going to say that I even think if you're, if you don't have very many assets on your team, like elite talent or top end prospects, um, and let's say you have only have one elite young receiver, and I'm going to use Chris Godwin as, as an example. Um, even though he's been injury plagued, a lot of people would think that he's a top ten dynasty receiver right now just because he's young and he's proven that he can do it. If he was the only wide receiver that I had and I'm like, yeah, he's only 24, 25 years old or whatever. He still has six good years. I am still looking to sell him because he may be my only piece. Yeah. He's young, but I need to get multiple first round picks. You got to field a full team. Yes. And I can't rely on one young stud when I have nobody else around him. So So better to to get multiple draft picks to get a shot at multiple studs and fill out. And I, I'm a not good, saying a good roster. I'm not saying Alex needs to do this, but when I look at his roster, um, there are some players he should be selling. Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey for sure. Um, and if I, I mean, he has a couple first round picks. I think he's got yeah. three already. Mm-hmm. But if he didn't have any, a prime example on his team would be DK Metcalf. That dude looks great. If that was the only talent he had, sure, I'd be looking to sell him for multiple picks just to accumulate the draft capital. Mm-hmm. I, if I was him right now, I probably wouldn't sell DK oh, because no, yeah, yeah. He, has he has first. Multiple. I would sell Kelsey, but uh, the other thing that is a trap, I think, and I guess we're going to talk about Alex right now, is just because he's the one. Right. Most he's obvious. our he's our current rebuild team. Yeah. Don't keep end of bench guys that are going nowhere on your team. Yeah. Like I want in, in a rebuild. I want guys that might turn into something good or something I can sell immediately. Yeah. If I got a guy who. I know is not going to be worth much is not going to be worth more in the future and that I can't sell to one of my other league mates. I'm dropping him because he could score points that I don't want. And he won't help me when I want to win. Right. Uh, Rex Burkhead. 
prime example. Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Like those are the kind of guys that I'm trying to flip for like a late round pick to another um, team in the league or I'm dropping because even though he's scoring points, he's not valuable to what I'm trying to do, right? which is not score points, get a higher draft pick so I can be great in a year or two. I mean, I'm in, I think as many dynasty leagues as you are, um, but some, some, this is the only dynasty league they're in. I think I'm in seven dynasty leagues, which is crazy. I'm in five. Um, But in two, two or three of the seven, I would say I'm in rebuilds. One of them being this league, Mm -hmm. I'm sort of trying to get on the outside of that, but I just sold players I picked up off of the waiver. Um, Who's the Gus Ward? Is that his name for the Eagles or Greg Ward? Greg Ward. Yeah. And um, Logan Thomas mm-hmm. for a third round pick. Yeah. Now, Flipping. do I care that I may have been able to sell both of them for a third round? No, at this point, I'm trying to get them off my team because they were scoring points for me. And I'm just trying to get some draft capital because right. I literally just picked them up off the waiver. And those are likely not long term players. Right. They're, they're wide receiver three or four on their team or, you know, a tight end that might not have a long-term future there. It's not a guy that's going to probably help you in three years. Right. So any draft capital you can get is good. I did also want to mention there's a difference between rebuilding and reloading. So there are times when your team, like you need a lot, right? Your team is middle of the road. There's no path to it being excellent next year. And there are also times when shit happens. Like, you know, there are teams where, uh, you lose a great player like Saquon and the rest of your team is good, but not good enough to really win this year. Right. It's okay to sell a couple of older players for some younger players when you know, you're not going to make it this year, but next year you could, right. You don't have to tear it down completely just because you're not going to win this year. Um, and that's kind of an example. If you have a mix of, of good younger, uh, and performing players and next year with a full strength team, you would be a solid competitor. You don't got to, burn it all down. Right. You can trade just a couple of guys. Um, Wrapping the segment up. I think that in two to three weeks, we'll come back and talk about this again. Um, There's uh, a website I use out there that has a graph that actually will analyze your entire league and show you if you're able to compete this year or where you stand on the the competition level. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll probably share that with the entire league uh, when we reanalyze this um, because I think right now people could start to realize, hey, I'm 0-3, I'm 1-2, where do I really stack up? Could I make the playoffs? If I make the playoffs, am I just going to be a one-and-done? Um, but in two more weeks, three for sure, we'll definitely have much better understanding of where teams truly lie. And maybe people losing COVID or players to COVID and stuff like sure. that may need to buy last-minute players. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, do you want to say anything else about Rebellion? No, no. that's right. good. Let's go ahead and move into the matchup previews. We had some good ones last week. Uh, this week, there's another juicy matchup. It's uh, two undefeated teams, Patrick versus Donette. Josh, you want to go ahead and kick us off? Sure. And one thing to mention, these are the only two remaining undefeated teams. So oh, after yeah. this week, <laughs> there will only be one undefeated team left in the league. Dun, dun, dun. Now, Patrick's team on paper looks better. He's got some great players and great matchups. He might be getting Michael Thomas back this week. It looks promising. It looks promising. Uh now we'll see. He might lose some guys to the COVID week because his second quarterback is Big Ben, and the only other quarterback he's got behind him is Brett Ripien of the Denver Broncos. Um, so his, <laughs> his team looks better on paper. He's got elite running backs: Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs. Uh, he's starting Mike Evans, who you know averages one touchdown per catch. 
Um, Michael Thomas, Stefan Diggs looks like a great squad, but Donette has the uh, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett stack. Yeah. Let's take a quick look at his projections. 27.76, according to sleeper. We all know that Russell Wilson is going to get more than that. I would definitely take the over. I would yeah, say around easily. 35. He's playing Miami this week and Fitzpatrick can, can put up points. We saw it against Jacksonville. That's and true. He's always been known to throw the ball. He likes to just throw it up there and let Devontae Parker go up and get any receiver right. for that matter. Um, so I, I looked for that game to be a shootout. I think that uh, that Russell Wilson and Lockett could easily exceed their projections dramatically. Melvin Gordon is supposedly having has an easy matchup while he's looked iffy at best this year. Um, I think that he'll be a decent running mm-hmm. back this week. Um, and I I think that this can come down to some matchups. Some yeah. of um, Patrick's players have tough matchups. True. Whereas when you look at Donette's, I see a lot of green and orange. Mm-hmm. So she's got a lot of easier matchups. Um, and while you look at on paper, Patrick's team is better. They're both 3-0 teams for a reason. They both have good players. Well, and I think some of it just comes down to who's a better person. And I think Donnett <laughs> definitely has the edge on that. Um, I I'm, like, I'm like picking Donnett to win. I like the underdog mentality. So I picked Donnett last week, um, and she beat she surprised Devin. She was actually, I think, the highest score in the entire right. league last yeah. week, thanks to Russell. Uh, I'm going to go with her again. Even though I apologize to Patty, I got to go with the underdog in this one. She already beat the best Fox brother. I think that the next Fox brother won't be as tough. <laughs> All right, so the moving into the next matchup, we have Josh versus Sean. Uh, I chose this matchup because we have two 2-1 two and one teams, and um, in theory, whoever wins this may be the division leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Tim is still in the mix. Um, he's two and one as well, but this one definitely has um, some heat behind it. Uh, when you look at the squads, uh, I really like Josh's squad compared to Sean's. Um, again, Sean, some of Sean's players have some tough matchups, um, and I expect some of Josh's players to really bounce back this week. Matt Ryan had a terrible week, and he's playing Green Bay on Monday nights. I think it'll be a shootout. I think it will be a shootout as well. I think Matt Ryan and the Falcons, they need to do something. I mean, how do you – When their defense is not doing it, period. Um, So, I mean, when you look at this, both squads I think are good. George Kittle should be coming back for him this week, um, so that will give him a boost. Um, But uh, I think I give the edge to Josh on this one. I'm going to pick Josh. Well, I am slightly biased in this, but I'm going to pick me as well. Uh, I think that I can pull it pull it back. I hope that some of my guys perform better than they did last week. Um, I mean, if you just put in Rodgers, you beat Patrick. You know, I know, that, right? I know that hurts. That's tough. Thanks for reminding me of that. I'm not sitting Rodgers this week. He's playing. Um, it's probably a good choice. Yeah, but it, this could could go either way. Honestly, it really is a close matchup, yeah. and I think it's just going to come down to who's got a player or two that blows up Yeah, because somebody in our lineups will. Um, who knows? It might be David Montgomery for him without uh, could Cohen be. in the lineup. It could be. Uh, although Indy has been pretty tough yes. against the run so far, surprisingly. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to pick me on this one as well and uh, crossing my fingers. Good luck, Sean. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Good luck, guys. The, uh, the last thing we want to talk about this episode is the fantasy implications of the Titans and Steelers game being postponed. So according to, um, I think, Adam Schefter, the game is likely postponed to Monday or Tuesday of this week. I also read online somewhere that CBS or whoever it is that's broadcasting it 
had been notified that it will it will be Monday. So the players that tested positive are not really that important of players. Right. The biggest issue right now is they're trying to make sure that nobody else has been infected. Um, From what I understand, I think I shared it with everyone anyways, um, was the test results, were, or Wednesday was the prime time for when other players would show. And when they got tested today, it was 24-hour turnaround, and that's why they expect a lot more info tomorrow, tomorrow to be released. I think it's going to be pretty much locked in by Saturday what they're going to do, yeah. what day they're going to play. The way that we're going to handle it for fantasy is um, you can still start Titans or Steelers players in your lineup. Um, if Sleeper doesn't do it because of the weird, you know, because normally the fantasy week ends after Monday night, if they play on Tuesday and fantasy doesn't or sleeper doesn't automatically adjust it. I'll manually adjust the scores to keep those guys in your lineup for week four. Um, and it will not count towards week five. Correct. Right. And part of the reason for that is that it seems really weird to have a player who would play week four for the NFL, not score you any fantasy points for week four, and then get a matchup on Tuesday and Sunday of week five. Score like 70 yeah, points. Double. <laughs> so that that would be a mess and we're not going to do that. What I am going to do to make sure, cause you know, there's still a chance that they just cancel the game and postpone it for like a bye week or reshuffle the schedule. What I'm going to do to make sure people aren't screwed by that is if you have a Titans or Steelers player in your lineup, you can text me a backup player in case the game is canceled or rescheduled for a later week. Obviously, that has to be before. Has to be before. Yep. You can't, after the fact, say, yeah, this guy on my bench who blew up, he was my backup player. You need. You have to put the Titans or Steelers player in your lineup, and then you have to let me know um, who the backup is before the backup plays. Right. So if you're picking a backup from Thursday night's game, you might yep. want to text Josh tomorrow. Not right. that anyone's going to pick a Denver or Jets player as a backup. <laughs> well, Patrick actually might. Because his oh yeah his, his third quarterback. quarterback is Brett Ripien. Patrick, you need to text Josh right. immediately. <laughs> um, so that's the way we're going to handle it. I'm going to post this in text in our league chat for those who might not listen to this podcast. Shame on you. Um, but that's the way we're going to handle it, so that we're not screwed. And I will fix it on the back end if the NFL doesn't fix it and let them play right. Monday. I I suspect that they're going to play Monday, but just in case they don't, that's how we're going to handle I, it. And I expect that this, obviously we'll see how this weekend goes, but mm-hmm. you as the commissioner could use this as a good base for future. Because uh, while we don't want COVID to interrupt the NFL season, I think this is a wake-up call that it is going to impact the season. Sure, and this is just the first instance. So depending on how this goes, maybe you can use this as the future. The guide, right. Yeah. Precedent. Or make changes uh, if, if this yeah, goes terrible. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Uh, I will be on vacation next week and out of town, so there likely will not be an episode next week unless Theo wants to do it on his own. Maybe I'll just pull in a guest, like you could. Patrick or yeah. Devin or something. We'll see how that goes. I'm going to leave that up to Theo. <laughs> Until then, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. See you.